With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, Hoops Handicappers? Long time no speak. It's Monday, January 22nd, and I got the homie David Troy here with me to help break down the NBA slate. There's eight games in the association tonight, and me and David have been at MIA for quite some time. Both still handicapping the NBA. He's doing it for the beatingthebookie.com. I'm doing it for OutKick, um, but it's our first podcast in a while, so good Good to finally catch back up with you, David. I missed you, buddy. Yeah, I've missed uh, missed talking it through. Obviously, we text back and forth, but uh, it's different doing a podcast. So looking to get some some good karma going on this one. Yeah, I'm expecting to do a lot more NBA podcasts now that the NFL season's only got three more games remaining. Um, I love handicapping the NBA. I love betting it, even though it doesn't love me lately. I've been bouncing back and forth between below zero to above zero. As of Monday, January 22nd, I'm roughly four units under uh, after an 0-3 Sunday, which followed a 2-0 Saturday, and that's kind of been my season. I'm either really good or really bad, and it sucks. Um, I'm hoping with football, though, in the rear view, I'll be seeing these games a little clearly, or a little more clear, just have better success. Essentially, that's all I'm going for. I just want to make more money. Hey, I get it. I the the week before New Year's, I did not do very well, and then I picked up eight units in one day, and that pretty much covered any kind of loss that I had over the last maybe week and a half or whatever. Then I had a winning week, and then this past week was a losing week, and it just it's. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking for a little more consistency. It's it's been frustrating because you know we were just talking about this, but even when you get closing line value or you think you make the right play, something stupid happens, and all of a sudden it's like, well, there goes that bet. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like I mean I I lose most of the games that I have closing line value on, and I for sure I lose the games that I don't have closing line value on as well, or it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work in my favor when I get like the big numbers in closing line value, I guess is, is a better way of putting it. Yeah. And I mean, there are a lot of people who complain about the NBA for a variety of reasons, but I, I will say like, I love it. I love watching it. Um, but I also recognize like, it's probably the hardest one to bet in a lot of ways because You'll get late scratches. You'll get motivation issues. You get a lot of different things, and and quite frankly, you get nights where the better team just doesn't win because they don't shoot well, and it it can be very very difficult. All, all sports are hard to win in, but basketball NBA is is pretty tough. And it's not a complaint or an excuse. It's just 
the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, the NBA regular season is an absolute grind, and it's even more so now with this randomization due to the three-point shooting and load the load management era. Um, it, it, it is tough, but, you know, me and you have been paying attention to basketball, um, playing basketball our whole lives, so I can't mm-hmm. turn it off. <laughs> I just no. expect that the handicapping will even out, if not be profitable. I frankly wasn't profitable last year. I was profitable to three or four years before it. This year is looking bad, but it could, it could change this week. And that's what we're hoping to do here. Cause I do think just talking out these bets helps us, um, whether it supports our argument, one, uh, whether we support our argument or give each other other things to think about to maybe steer us away from a possible bad bet. So, uh, I think some collaboration is going to help with our record as long as we can just keep grinding and keep staying positive, as corny as that sounds. But, you know, it's getting too down to the dumps. I'll, I'll make jokes here or there. But ultimately, I, I fucking think I'm going to win every game. That's that's why I'm doing this, essentially. So if it gets down double-digit units, I don't, I don't hate the idea of just fading me. But I'm going to keep firing, and I'm going to give you guys content to either fade or follow. So... With that in mind, let's start. Let's start breaking down this eight-game card. Uh, the first game, seven o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off between the Milwaukee Bucks, who look to be fully healthy. I think Giannis might be probable to play, and they're playing the Detroit Pistons, um, who are the worst team in the NBA. I think Kate Cunningham was upgraded to doubtful from not playing. Um, but I don't, he obviously hasn't made much of a difference since the Detroit Pistons are four and 38 this season and are an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, the Bucks are 12 and a half point favorites. The over under is 47 and a half. I have nothing here at first glance. I'm interested in if you have anything. Um, the only thing that I can maybe lobby in your direction to see, get your thoughts on it, the over. Just because Milwaukee's defense is trash, and they're probably going to get to 130 in this one. So, but I feel like any casual better who might be betting a Bucks Pistons game this tonight, which probably isn't going to happen, is probably going to be thinking like the same type of logic, right? So, I don't have much in this game, but what are you thinking? Maybe you can steer me in one direction. Yeah, I mean. The Bucks really shouldn't be 12 and a half point favorites against anybody, so I'd probably lean towards taking the points. Um, these two did just play each other in Detroit last, whatever it was. It would have been Saturday, um, and it was only a six point game. It was close the entire time. The game flew over today's total. Um, that one ended with 276 points. The, today's total is 247. Um, Detroit doesn't have anybody that can stop really anybody on Milwaukee, and Milwaukee doesn't really play defense. Detroit so doesn't have anyone of, that can stop me. Yeah, so um, it's it's kind of interesting. I'd be curious to see if Damian Lillard has quite the same type of game that he did last time. I think he scored like 45 points or something, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in the last game. Um but oh, this is the second of a uh, back-to-back, huh? Between the, yeah. the, the 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 Pistons and the Bucks. Yeah, like yeah, not same day, just different. Mm-hmm. Um, a two game, well, those two game miniseries. What I meant to say, sorry. Uh, Lillard had did have forty five. Yeah, 
So he's he's listed at uh, 26 and a half today. I think he was at 21 last time they played, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Is there any way to confirm that? Because if that's the case, I would probably have to go under on this one. I, I don't know. There's probably a site that you could look into. I, uh, yeah, I, I think I there's a pay it. site, props.cash. Check that out on your own accord um, that I think yeah. gives you historical player performance player prop performances um but if it went if it went from 21 to 26 i would definitely be leaning to the under then again i this is not how you make back up the money you lost in the nba by trying to (laughs) fade a player prop against the detroit pistons yeah the the thing that i would say if you're looking for a player prop um Jalen Duran getting rebounds is is a pretty sure bet for the Pistons. He's been pretty reliable, um, and he he has to out rebound Giannis and Brook Lopez, but Lopez doesn't rebound all that much. So <laughs> nope, it's reasonable to expe- expect. Um, I kind of like uh, Bojan Bogdanovich over nineteen and a half points. Um, he only had nineteen in the game against the Pistons or against the Bucks last time, but. Uh, his his shooting is definitely there. I mean, he get, he's getting 13 to 15 field goal attempts per game. They need him to score, especially with Kate Cunningham out. So he'd be one way that I could potentially look, um, but nothing official on the game. What do we? Alec Burks has been kind of blown up lately. Oh, he had 33 against yeah. Milwaukee, 34 at Washington. What you don't like, Alec Burks? He's been Burks? going nuts. He's been going nuts. It's crazy. No, I like. him. He's, and that's what he's supposed to do. That's all he's supposed to do is score. So um, they don't even have a prop listed for him. What a shame! No, yeah, that sucks. No, I would like to say that I could play like Bobby Portis or something like that because he gets a lot of minutes. He's one of the better sixth men in the league, um, <clears throat> but he's also not as reliable on the road as he is at home. So hard to hard to get there with him, but. All right, let's get out of this trash game. There are no official plays from either one of us, right? Nothing. All right. San Antonio Spurs at the Philadelphia 76ers, another 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. The 76ers, as you would expect, are massive favorites. It's looking like 14 across the board. The total is sitting at 237. Um, this is another game where I lean to the over because the um, underdog can't play any defense, and Philadelphia's offense is – I was going to say low-key sick, but everyone knows that they're really good. Joel Embiid, I'm pretty sure, is leading the league in points per game. Um, Daryl Morey has done a really good job building around him. Their offense has been clicking lately under first-year head coach Nick Nurse. And again, San Antonio can't stop a nosebleed. I'm going to look at their over-under trends while I kind of throw it to you. But do you see anything in this matchup that, that you're interested in? I, I think, again, you have to go with player props. I mean, it, look. Philadelphia could absolutely blow out San Antonio if they want to. Do you want to lay 14 and see if, you know, San Antonio keeps it close? It's probably not something I'm I'm going to get invested into. Um, what I could see potentially is um, Philadelphia coming out and beating them in the first half. Um, I don't know what the line is on it, probably seven, seven and a half, something like that right now. I'll look it up. Um, I have it um, right here. It's eight and a half. That's a little higher than I would probably like to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm kicking the can kinda, on those 
and those kind of type of bets um, down the street for another year. I lost yeah. with the Pelicans first half against the Charlotte Hornets last week, a game we are both both of us were on. You wisely took the Pelicans full game, which they ended up covering and couldn't cover the first half spread. And I went to bed so fucking angry. I was so mad. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, even though uh, the first half look is a good point. Yeah, and I will mention I hate games like this where uh, so Philly played at Orlando at Charlotte and now is going home for one game against San Antonio and then they leave um, for Indiana on a Thursday. Again, they should be able to take care of business because they have time off, but it's your first game home. You know, you're leaving. Some of that stuff plays into it with with this motivation and everything. There's no question they should blow out San Antonio though. It, it shouldn't be close, but this just smells like one of those backdoor cover stupid things. So I'll, I'll probably back off of it. Um, okay. Uh, Joel Embiid's point prop is 34 and a half, obviously super high as it should be since again, he is the leading scorer in the NBA currently. He's went over that number in three of the last four games. There was actually a three game streak, um, prior to his previous game where he put up 33 at the Charlotte Hornets on uh, Saturday. But that was only a 97-89 outcome. Um, and I'm thinking Joel Embiid played less that game. No, no, he played 37 minutes. So I stand corrected. But he has went over this number in three of the last four. Um, and my thing here, my my like narrative street angle is like, Joel Embiid sees Victor Wembanyama and is like, could get up for this matchup. Be like, you know what? I'm going to school this kid. You know, like I want everyone to, everyone's going to be talking, oh, what's Victor Wembanyama and Joel Embiid? Like, that's an awesome matchup of the future. And Joel Embiid's like, nah, this guy is years behind me. I'm going to wear his ass out tonight. You know what's kind of interesting too? Uh, So according to hashtag basketball, Philadelphia allows – is actually an easy matchup for centers in terms of points and rebounds. And you wouldn't intuitively think that because we, we pretty much list Embiid as like a, a solid defender, right? But if you watch the games, they kind of take Embiid out of a lot of plays so that he doesn't get into foul trouble, is my guess. Yeah, and they He's like so to use him as a rover. Yeah, so, like, I mean, if you watch the game, it was infuriating against uh, the Nuggets because on multiple occasions in the first three quarters, they were switching point guards to guard Jokic, and then Philly wouldn't even send over help. It drove me nuts, especially having a bet on Jokic to go under his points, rebounds, and assists, which he barely went over with, like, 18 rebounds and 20-something points. Um, But he only had three assists because Jokic makes the right play and he realizes there's a guy who's two feet shorter than him, he's going to shoot over him. But that kind of goes back to Wembanyama that he that on offense Embiid may try and torch him, but I think Wembanyama might have a good game as well in this. Okay, what's his point props? Let me see if I can 21 and a half. Um he's been clearing I, that lately. Yeah, and I will give a heads up to anybody who does bet on him. Don't get discouraged by his first half. His first half, he looks very uninvolved. Third and fourth quarter is when he seems to get more involved in the offense, and that's when he tends to put up his points. I, I just bet it 
Um, the other day against the Wizards, he had, I think, six points in the first half and then ended the game with 24. So, and, and if you watch the game, like they, they barely even try and pass to him the first half. It's very strange uh, what they're doing. And I don't know if it's by design or if it's something else, but just something to kind of alert people to. Okay. Um, yeah, you said over 21 and a half or 20 and a half? 21 and a half is what I'm seeing. Okay, I think he's went over that in six of his last seven games, Wemby has. Um, going back to my Embiid look, because I am going to put in a quarter size, a quarter unit bet on this. I'm going to go over Joel Embiid, 34.5 points. The best price is FanDuel minus 114. It's a little more expensive at Pinnacle, which is something I like to see. According to cleaningtheglass.com, San Antonio has the second. Um, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm backing up on that. Never mind. Forget it. I'm not betting it. Cancel. Okay. Cancel. I, I thought I saw San Antonio had the second worst defensive free throw attempt rate, um, but that's offensively. So I was like, you know, Joel Embiid spends so much time at the, at the at the free throw line. If they're sending people to the free throw line a lot, then I'm going to take that. I have a heavy lean to the Joel Embiid going over because uh, San Antonio has the third fastest pace in the NBA. I think Philadelphia is okay to get into a shootout with them because they can outgun them. They're a pretty good um, in-transition team. And, again, San Antonio's defense can't stop a nosebleed. But, again, that's only a lean, so we can move forward if you're down. Yeah, I will say there, San Antonio is one of the easiest matchups in terms of points for centers. So it's not a bad look. I don't think you you should almost ever bet on Embiid to be under unless you expect it to be a blowout, which this is very possible. Yep. All right, a game that I do have action in, another 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off, Cleveland Cavaliers at the Orlando Magic. Cleveland is now up to minus 140 money line, minus 2. Um, I'm going to have to give it out at minus 2, so we'll book it there. Um, the best price looks to be... Yeah, FanDuel, DraftKings both have minus two, minus one twelve. Um, I love fading the Orlando Magic. Didn't work for me the other day when I went with Heat Culture over them. Uh, actually, it was yesterday when I went with Heat Culture over them. And the, uh, but I, I've also been betting the Cavaliers a lot lately. They have been on fire. Um, people like were trying to fire JB, uh, the, their JB head coach Bickerstaff, Bickerstaff but. I mean, thank you for being fair with all the injuries they've dealt with. Like, where would you expect them to be in the standings? I feel like they're overperforming expectations. Their defense is still sick, despite Donovan Mitchell being out there and being a, a bad defensive player. Uh, Orlando's offense is, is terrible. Cleveland just lights up bottom 10 offenses, and, and Orlando's 24th in offensive rating. Cleveland has been getting a lot more wide-open three-pointers per game. Lately, than the uh, the than the Orlando Magic and the Magic are playing on the second of a back to back, and um, and they're they're two and six in the second of a back to back this year, losing those games on average by nine and a half points. Cavaliers are six and two straight up and against the spread with a rest edge over their opponent, and Cleveland has been really well rested because they took a trip to Paris around the same time you did actually. Uh, for work, yeah. both of you guys took a work trip, and because of that, the NBA gave them more time to like kind of chill. So they are the more rested team. They're better. It's a short number. Um, the Magic just won at home, so people and they've been really good at home. Um, 
but I am going to fade that noise. I'm going to go with the, the Cleveland Cavaliers minus two at DraftKings. Any any thoughts about this game or, or my pick or, or the matchup? No, that's probably the side I'm going to end up on. Um, but I will only mention that uh, in a quick glance here, it looks like the Magic have not lost the third game of a three and four this season, which is what tonight would be. Is that a rest so, split? Oh, this is their third game in four nights? Third game in four nights, gotcha. and they have had, I think, three times this season, and they've won all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so whether that's a back-to-back or, or it is just the third game in four nights, um, they've won them all. The one thing I would say here, though, Ooh, is I real quick. Do you have the teams in front of you? Like, who do they beat? I wonder. They beat. They have beat some pretty good ones, actually. They beat the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, they were one of the ones that they beat in a third and four. That was a back to back. They beat. Who else have they gotten? Uh, I guess maybe they lost to Brooklyn for this one. Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? Yeah, they did lose to Brooklyn actually for that. So they haven't won all of them. Okay. Um, trying to do all this. They beat Denver twice actually in a third and four situation. So that's odd. Anyways, um, the one one thing that I kind of am leaning to here is wondering if Franz Wagner is actually going to play tonight. Uh, he obviously missed a bunch of games with an ankle injury. Played 28 minutes yesterday. Scored 19 points. He played fine. But I'm a little curious if they're going to bring him back here tonight or if they're going to give him a day off considering they're not playing again until Friday. So I, I would bet they give him a day off because this is exact same effing thing happened to me yesterday with Tyrese with Halliburton. Except Halliburton yeah. had a full day of rest in between yep. his first game back and last night. I whatever i'm not gonna sit here or whine about that 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 shit pissed me off well i'm with you i thought Halliburton was in and didn't see any reports that he was gonna be out until he was ruled out so regardless i I think yeah right Uh, regardless cleveland's aside for me with or without franz wagner if, if, if if franz misses then you know obviously i feel much better about it yeah, uh, but I think you hit the nail on the head either way. I mean, Cleveland has been playing better basketball lately. They have kind of been rolling. I don't. Cleveland's legit. Like, you know, they're they're uh, they've looked like a top ten team over the past like since since the start of this year, essentially twenty twenty four. Yeah, so they they got somebody who can deal with Paulo Bencaro. They got um, good enough offense overall. They got a good enough defense overall. I, there's a chance that no Garland. I hate to say I hate to say this. I, there's a chance it benefits Cleveland in the sense that they're just like you know what Donovan Mitchell, we're going to run through you. Yeah, you know. No, I think it does. I mean this this is much. This team right now is much closer to what that Utah team was mm-hmm. um, when yeah. Mitchell was there than anything else. Because if you think about it, you know you had Gobert and Mitchell, and now you have Allen and Mitchell. And I like Alan. he's surrounded by, you know, some shooters and some defense, which is what he needs. So um, it's it, it seems like this game should should be in favor of Cleveland. And I, I think um, I think I'm probably going to get there with them, maybe on the money line. 
eventually they're obviously going to lose one. Um, but the Orlando leaves after this for one game against Memphis um, and Cleveland, I believe, stays on the road after this game. Uh, let me check. Yeah, so they have two more against Milwaukee um, Wednesday and Friday in a back-to-back kind of thing. So Okay. Let's move along then. What do you think? Let's move along. Yep. Cavaliers minus two is uh, my first official best bet of the podcast. Um, like 7.30 Eastern Standard tip off between two teams that I really want. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Nothing to do with currently the Memphis Grizzlies at the Toronto Raptors. Raptors are minus seven point favorites across the board. Over-unders anywhere between 225 and a half to 226. I uh, don't think I'll be betting on the Memphis Grizzlies um, really anytime soon i would like to extend that to the rest of the year with no john moran with you know we know how the nba does their tanking bullshit this is obviously a a team that will probably be tanking i mean they're missing desmond bain for reasons i don't even really know i'm sure he's got an injury whatever but i don't know if if they were in contention i have a feeling and i have no idea what his injury is and he might be able to like play a little bit more. Same thing with Marcus Smart. That guy's been banged up for three years, but he's out tonight. Toronto's mostly healthy. They're missing their starting center, Yaka Pirtle. Not sure how much of that matters. Um, uh, quickly and RJ Barrett are now starting for OG and Pascal Siakam have since been traded, but I, I can't get to any side of this one. I can't. I can't. So. I would take uh, the Raptors. I think I'm probably going to end up taking the Raptors as well. Okay, They're well. coming off of kind of a disappointing loss to the Knicks where they, they played them fairly well for about, I don't know, two and a half quarters. It was at least a reasonable game, and then they got kind of blown out there um, in one of those three games at home, one game on the road, now two more at home. Uh, I was looking at the over those... in that game because the roster's changed, obviously, very recently for the Raptors, but like – the Raptors and Knicks always feels like an under, and it always goes over. And I think yeah. that game closed at two twenty six and a half, and I'm pretty sure the Knicks beat them one twenty six to one hundred. 
Yeah. So it stayed under, but that's only because the Raptors completely just choked uh, in the second half. Yeah. I mean, this this is kind of the thing, though, with the Grizzlies right now. You got a team that doesn't really have any true superstar playing. Bain is out until basically March, and I would guess at that point they're not even going to bring him back. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., you might consider looking at him for like a PRA or something because who else is going to do anything for that team? He's been like grabbing a bunch of rebounds. He's also been scoring a ton because no one else is out there that can do it. And I, I don't really think there's anybody on the, um, Raptors that matches up super well with him. Like Scotty Barnes is good, but I, I think Jackson can score on him as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which is always a risk with him. Um, but I, I like the I like the Raptors to cover this game. They're coming back home, came off a loss. They know they got a couple more at home in the next couple days. Um, the Raptors are sixteen and twenty seven overall, but they're ten and eleven at home. Grizzlies are actually better away from Memphis this year, which is not normal for them. Uh, no, but you can also look at they beat Golden State at home. Uh, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and then got destroyed by the Bulls and the Timberwolves in their next two games. I mean, I think the Bulls and Timberwolves are both better than the Raptors, but I think seven points isn't isn't enough here. So I'll I'll take the Raptors minus the seven. That's cool. Just to kind of add to that, um, you know, the Raptors have their team for the foreseeable future, right? They're now yep. they're trying to figure out their roles. Quickly is trying to solidify himself as a starting point guard in the NBA. I like Gary Trent as like a three and D floor spacer. Um, mm-hmm. And RJ Barrett has like a, a second lease on his NBA like career as like the focal point of a team. Scotty Barnes is like a, a stretch four point forward kind of guy. So they all know their roles. At least I could say that. Whereas Memphis, like I don't know, the only actual starter out there is Jaron Jackson and everyone else is like, whatever kind of just floating waiting for other players to get back so i don't hate it but i i don't want to be in business with this uh either one of these teams so move on to the next scheme the charlotte hornets at the minnesota timberwolves the timberwolves are predictably a huge favorite 13 and a half is the number across the board total sitting at 220 and a half at most shops you can get a 219 and a half here or there 221 at some of the sharper books so Maybe the um, play is to go over at BetMGM 219.5. That said, I will not be betting this game. Um, Timberwolves have just burned me too many times, no matter which way I bet against them. Actually, I take that back. I faded them the other night with the OKC Thunder, and that worked. Um, but I'm not going to do the same with Charlotte. Their injury report is a joke right now. Lamella Ball should be playing, but Nick Richards is out. Gary... Gordon Hayward, excuse me, is out. Um, um, the Martin twin is questionable, and they're not very good even when they are healthy. So I'm kind of just meandering here, but I, I got nothing in this game. Anything that stand out to you? No, I don't even really like a player prop in it, to be honest with you. <coughs> we can move on. Love it. Love it. All right, a game <laughs> that I do have a bet in here, The uh, definitely the headliner tonight, Boston Celtics at the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks are getting three, three and a half at FanDuel at home. The over-unders, 239 and a half. I have no issue with that. 
Um, the projected final score that I have is Mavericks 122, Celtics 118. I am going to take the three and a half. I'm not going to sprinkle on the money line. Kind of chicken shit with, with that. But we know what this game's going to be, dude. It's going to be a Rochambeau. We're going to kick each other in the nuts behind the three-point line. And whoever falls loses. You know, it's just going to be a three-point chuck-off. And I'll take Dallas at home in this spot. The Celtics three-point shooting dips a little bit on the road. Mavericks increases a little bit at home. Makes perfect sense. We talk about it all the time. Role players perform better at home. Dallas's role players know exactly what they need to do. People like Grant Williams, who's in a revenge game. Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, I'm spacing out on the other ones I can click over. But, you know, it's Dallas Mavericks have a bunch of you know, defenders and three-point shooters, and you have a couple ISO scorers, Luka and, and, and Kyrie, and I think they're going to be able to outplay. Uh, not, not that this is a hot take. Drew, uh, Drew Holiday and Derek White. And the other thing that I'm going to be publishing to OutKick in this handicap is Boston guards Drew Holiday and Derek White. Their, plane de- their play excuse me, declines on the road. Um, Holiday's field goal shooting goes from 478 in Boston, a 43.4 in away games, and White's offensive rating decreases from 131 at home to 121 on the road. Um, also, the last thing here, Dallas does have a massive rest edge over Boston. They're playing on four days rest, whereas the Celtics are playing in the second of a back-to-back after beating the Rockets uh, on Sunday. So I'm going to go with Dallas here. They are... Um, um, they are getting less money in the market, excuse me. So, you know, I get to fade the public, and this might be one of the few games that casual betters actually um, take a position on in the NBA. So I'm on I'm on the, the Mavericks. Are you fading, following, adding to, to my bet, or doing a player property? What do you got here? Um, I haven't put anything on this officially, but I kind of like the idea of Celtics first half. It's... Uh, it is a back-to-back. They didn't have to travel extremely far. You're right. Um, yeah, they're just driving, you know, across yeah. Texas, which all these Texans love to do. It's like not a problem. They'll just go 115 <laughs> on the interstate. <laughs> well, I'm sure the Celtics probably flew. Have you ever been to Texas? I have been to Texas a few times. Yeah, you can drive through that state going like 130. <laughs> yeah, there's just no cops. They don't care. It's awesome. Gone on the dash and everything damn right um beer in the cup holder it's awesome that's right texas there you go. where freedom lives um the celtics come and be very uh you kind of i'm sorry you kind of broke up there what would you say so the celtics come out and play very hard um <laughs> true they they're probably the i think they're the the most profitable first half team in all of the nba this year um and I think that probably continues here. You're, you're going to see probably the most amount of effort, the least tired legs in the first half of this game. Um, you could even see they kind of pulled back last night a little bit, and I took that. I probably should have taken them in the first half instead of the full game. But uh, you can see in the, the second half they weren't as effective at shooting. They weren't playing with quite a, the same intensity or anything because uh, you... the game was pretty much locked up. Sorry. No, it's up. If you bet the Celtics first half this year, you'd be up 21 units. They do have the har- highest ROI in the first half yeah. spread. 
Yeah. Um, I also think that the rest somewhat hurts Dallas. I mean, it helps obviously for some of the injuries that they were dealing with, but I think it somewhat hurts because now you have to get back into that mindset and be able to play again. So I think I'm going to probably end up with Boston first half minus one and a half. I think that's probably a good look. A little first half rust for Dallas is what you're saying. Yeah, essentially. I don't hate that idea. Okay. Well, hopefully we, we both, both get there. Yeah. Yeah. This one I'm on the edge of. Not going to bet it because I have three bets that I've already locked in. I'm talk about the third one in our final game up next. But the uh, Phoenix Suns host your Chicago Bulls, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. Suns are five-point favorites over Chicago. Total sitting at 226.5. The big injury news for Chicago is Zach Levine is going to be out for the first two weeks. Or, excuse me, for the next week or two. Um, and this is something me and you have talked about a lot. I think I think Levine is a subtraction by addition in this situation. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yep. Just, I don't like his game. Um, he, the comp that I would have to him would be, you know, forward Carol Anthony Towns, where he could dribble, he could shoot, he could pass, but he's somehow, with all that, still a bad basketball player. His basketball IQ is very, very low. He makes critical mistakes down the stretch, and him and, and DeMar DeRozan are repetitive. So just having one of those guys on the floor, I think, just helps Chicago synergy. You get Kobe White and Alex Caruso starting in the backcourt. So that's something that I prefer. One's really good defensively. The other's a great shooter. Um, Vucevic and Nurkic are pretty much a wash. I can't stand either one of those players. I'd actually probably, if I had to take Nurkic over Vucevic at this point in their careers. Um, but Phoenix, man, they got Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant all healthy for this game. And they are, when those three are on the court, they are the best five-man lineup in the league. It's working. I don't know if they're going to play again um, because they played yesterday. I faded the Suns as what the Pacers and Suns ended up winning. So, Always be on the lookout for any injury or news load management shit when it comes to Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant. But as of right now, they're in the projected starting five. Um, I'm rambling, but I, I would, if I had to take a side here, I would take the Bulls plus five. Just because I do like, I think people are going to be like, oh, no Zach Levine. I'm like, yes, no Zach Levine. Thank God. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right about that aspect. The Bulls are a better team without Levine this season. Um, the first time he went down, you could see the team just played a lot better. They went on a nice little streak um, and kind of became relevant again. And now that he's gone again, I don't, I mean, even when he came back, he wasn't the same Levine, like kind of taking over and trying to kill the ball movement. I think he tried to fit in a little bit because he probably heard some of the crap that people were talking about. Him. Um, but it wasn't authentic him trying to no, fit in. It just, no. he, yeah. He went through the motions. He, he looked, like, this is what I yeah. should be doing. And it's like, eh. Yeah, he he almost looked like he was just trying to be like, all right, if this is what you guys want me to do, I'll do it. But Which I kind of like. Score, when you want me to score, I'm not going to be there for you. Have you this, heard anything well, about him? Because I have heard that he's supposedly like a nice guy. I think you said this, right? He's a really nice guy. guy. Everyone likes him. Really nice dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. But um, yeah, in, in any case, um Looking at this game, I was looking forward to taking the Bulls, uh, but 
Again, Halliburton being out yesterday made, meant that the Pacers would play slower. The Suns are still, I believe, one of the oldest teams in the league, if uh, For sure. I'm not mistaken. And having to run around chase the Pacers all day and then the next day have to play against the Bulls, who aren't exactly the fastest team in the league, but you know they'll, they'll push the pace if they need to or whatever. But almost anybody, you kind of want to fade that team in the back-to-back after having to play the Pacers. Um, I do lean towards the five points. I think that the Bulls could even win this game outright because guess who the Suns have next? Do you know? Is it, It's the Mavericks, right, Wednesday? It is the Mavericks. They have to go to Dallas. It's like rivalry week in the NBA, I think. Right. And so, if obviously, if you know anything about uh, the Suns, they're going to want to beat Luka and the Mavericks much more than they're going to want to beat the Bulls tonight. And that will be a third game in four nights for them with travel. So just kind of keep that stuff in mind. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think this is not a great spot for the Suns. I would lean towards the Bulls with the five points. It's just this is also the first game of road trip for the Bulls. Um, they, they blew out Memphis in their last one. And then uh, Chicago goes to Los Angeles to play the Lakers on Thursday. So, you know, maybe the five points are worth taking. I might, I might talk myself into it. I, I'll have to see. Well, you're going at it alone. At least I'm not joining you on that one. I the Suns are have been frankly very impressive yesterday. They prop. There's no way they would cover that game against the Pacers yesterday if Halliburton was playing, at least based on the performance that they had. But otherwise, they've been they've been really good lately. So I don't feel like getting in the way of that one, even though Chicago's definitely the sharp play here, and I know that. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the Suns. Don't get me wrong. They and they have won quite a few games in a row. That, but they haven't. I wouldn't say they've looked great doing it. Um, they they have won five in a row. They won. They they struggled against Portland. They struggled against Sacramento. They blew out New Orleans, and then they struggled against Indiana. So it's probably like they're almost playing somewhat at the level of their competition. They've also had a really weird travel schedule. They had three road games, one home, one road. Now two home games, and then they're going on the road for uh, seven games. So bouncing around quite a bit. Okay. This might be one of those games where they just it's a bad spot for them and they they lose. Fair enough. Okay. Um there is a addition by subtraction situation I am going to be betting in this next game, the the finale of the Monday card, the Atlanta Hawks at the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings are 8-point favorites, you know, they got the light the beam, the home court advantage over under two 237 and a half, excuse me. No Trey Young in this game. He's in concussion protocol. And if you've listened to the NBA betting podcast, the Outkick um, Bets podcast, NBA show, you'll know how much I hate Trey Young. There's a real, like, they're at a real fork in the road moment, the Atlanta Hawks, because they're, they're talking about trading DeJounte Murray and and just continuing to build around Trey Young, and that would be the absolute worst decision. Did you see that play the other day where DeJounte yeah. Murray hit the walk-off and Trey Young was in the backcourt trying to stop him and trying to take the ball, and DeJounte Murray just, like, blew past him? 
and then hit the the game winner. He also had a game winner against the Miami Heat without Trey Young on, on the floor or in that game. But I don't remember who it was, but I like DeJounte Murray's game so much more. The Hawks score 4.8 fewer points per 100 possessions and non-garbage time when Trey Young is off the floor. I think they score 12 points more when uh, Bagdanovich is on the floor and he's the one that's replacing Trey Young in the starting lineup. You got a, a revenge game for both Horder and Bagdanovich, but I think Bagdanovich is going to play really well against the Sacramento backcourt that plays no defense. Um, Atlanta is not – they're terrible defensively as well, so we're going to have a nice back-and-forth game, I think. Um, but I'm just going to take the eight points because, you know, Sacramento is not as good as their record indicates. Their net efficiency um, suggests that they're more of a 500 team. Right now they're 23 and 18, um, and I do think Atlanta is better without Trey Young. So I'm going to lock in an eight-point bet on the Hawks, or a plus eight bet on the Hawks. Yeah, wish you luck on it. Um, what is the, Can you make a case for the for the Kings? Not really. They've been playing pretty terribly lately. Uh, they obviously gave up that huge lead to the Suns. They lost in overtime to the Bucks right before that. <clears throat> and then they came home and they lost to the Pacers, who didn't have Halliburton in that game, I believe. Maybe they, maybe he was in that one. No, he wasn't in that game. Halliburton only played against the Tim, or the Trailblazers, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyways, a super short man like... Pacers team what what this Kings team kind of feels like is they surprised everybody last year and they almost think they're too good from last year like that success is just going to carry over like they're waiting for the not. playoffs yeah like it's it's, it's weird oh we're waiting for the playoffs that's when we're really ramping up oh really are you Sacramento yeah. Kings that's your right. that's your position but that's what it feels like and it, it doesn't make much sense um Atlanta you you talked about it at length and, and you're right I mean they're a better team without Trey Young I, I have been a Trey Young hater for years um, but the team overall I think probably is they, they almost seem happier when when Young isn't around I mean looking at the games that he hasn't played they've been pretty good in them um, I don't know the, the only thing I can say is that I am a little worried. The, the Kings have had some days to get things sorted out. It's uh, They haven't played in four days. They probably are going to come a little bit more adjusted for this after their road trips and those stupid losses. I would hope that they come out you know, a little inspired to try and get this. They don't even play tomorrow. I think the next day they play is Thursday as well. Um, so plenty of time between games to – go and do what they want to do and, and make sure they get things right here. The Hawks, on the other hand, were at home uh, two days ago against the Cavs. They got destroyed, and now they have to fly across country to play against Sacramento. Their body clocks for this game, it's a 9 o'clock Central, so that's 10 o'clock um, Eastern which I believe is the time zone Atlanta is on. I don't think they're in central zone, but that means <laughs> that you're going to be playing the second half of this game at like 1130 at night. 
which right. is a little weird for your first time. So no, I don't want fair. to take the points. I also don't want to lay off. You know, I, I, I think the way Sacramento is playing right now, the eight points with the Hawks is the right side, but the situational stuff says to me that the Kings are the right side, so that's when I usually stay off completely. The only play I'm looking at is Jalen Johnson has been a pretty good machine for me this year in terms of He's kind of a um, baller, huh? Yeah, he's he's been good in terms of betting on him for like points, rebounds, and assists, that kind of stuff. His points and rebounds tonight are 26 and a half, a little bit high, but obviously there's plenty of opportunity in a game where you're going to get a lot of up and down with the Kings. Um, the Against power forwards, they give up. They have an easy matchup for points and rebounds. Um, he has gone over this only twice no actually only once in his last six games um so could be a little bit of a breakout here but uh last time they played sacramento he had 16 points 15 rebounds so easily cleared at uh 26 and a half number okay so jalen johnson pra jalen johnson uh just just points and rebounds. Well, uh, sorry, I've been kind of looking at my other screen because the Dallas Mavericks just dropped to two and a half points on the news that Kristaps Porzingis would be sitting tonight. So, um, I'm still taking it, obviously. So, yeah. Why is it? Why? Why are they doing this? Why bother sitting it? I don't know. I can't figure out any of this stuff, man. Now I'll have to figure out if the first half bet is worth it or not. It probably is not. Oh, definitely not. All right, man. Well, I think we did good work today. Um, what's on the schedule for tomorrow? Maybe we can connect tomorrow as well. I think it's five games only. Yeah, five games. Rivalry night. Denver at Indiana, New York at Brooklyn, Utah, New Orleans Pelicans. Portland, OKC, and the Battle of Los Angeles. So maybe we can connect for tomorrow uh, on a podcast. But um, wrapping up here, my my best bets on this card, this Monday card, are the Cavaliers minus two, Mavericks now plus two and a half, and the Atlanta Hawks plus eight. Do you have an official best bet you want to give out? We'll go Raptors minus seven. Love it. All right, dude, let's turn this thing around. What do you say? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, guys, leave us uh, some positive reviews. We need some good juju um, wherever you get podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most prominently. That'd be great. Make sure you follow uh, David Troy at Future Press 2024. You can check out um, his NBA betting packages at beatinthebookie.com. Read all of his other NFL or, or other um Sports betting handicaps at outkick.com backslash betting. That's where you can also find my stuff. Um, That's it, right? That's it, man. Peace, dogs.